Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. On his uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, Ricky Thompson uh, joining the program now. And, Ricky, always fun to see you out there, some of that tailgate activities before. And uh, I know you and John do some radio on a weekly basis, but man, I love having you on too. So today I was just sitting there thinking, golly, I wish, I wish I could talk to Ricky. And I said, well, I guess I could, if I just reached out to him (laughs) and, uh, how are you today? I know it was tough Saturday night. Uh, we've seen some of these over the years, but, uh, that was a tough way to end it, Ricky, but I'm I'm glad you could come on with me today. Well, yeah, tough way to end that series, and I think we've just got to uh, maybe throw that one in the closet and go on. Uh, sometimes you do that with ball games. I've played in a lot of them where uh, you try to forget as quickly as you can, and of course you go back and try to look at something positive. You took two of the last three in McLean from those guys and took one of them pretty handily, so it, it's not like they've dominated this series in the last three or four years or maybe even won a big championship since we've won three. So (laughs) I I look at the positive side of it. uh, But, yeah, that was a tough night. Uh, Texas is really good. Uh, We're not playing that well. And the mix of the two turned into a rough night. Do you see, like, a? I I was just wondering about the talent discrepancy right now because – it it didn't. We used to have moments where we felt like that against Texas, especially during the Steel era. I think they beat them once with Dave Roberts. But you know, there were some moments where they came in there with Mac, and we felt very, very undermanned. I I just kind of curious. You're down there. Uh, you have a great feel for that. The tr- you know in the trenches watching the O line. Um, did you see guys? Getting manhandled? Did you did you kind of sense, man? We just don't have the horses right now to compete with Texas, or is it truly in your mind just a lack of execution? How did you feel from kind of being down there and getting that bird's eye view of what Texas brought to town the other day? Well, I, two or three things with that comment. I I don't know that we have ever played Texas and necessarily had better talent. I, mm. I think that's a case where they generally have better talent, and I think we've either outcoached, outplayed, or just beat them in spite of it. Uh, that being said, I do think they are very, very talented, probably more so than in a long time. I thought their defensive front was exceptional. I did think they manhandled us up front on the defensive side. You've got Sweat, what, six five three sixty. Uh, the dude was really quick. He's going to be an NFL guy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if not a first-round pick. They are really talented. Uh, I think from our perspective, and I may be wrong just from watching, the players that really catch my attention right now are freshmen. I thought our freshman corners played really, really well. Uh, But let's go back and think about Jalen Petrie, Terrell Bernard, those guys that ended up being All-American type guys, when they were freshmen and 18 years old, uh, they had a hard time (laughs) holding up. So 
I think part of this is, and I, I, this is just me, a lot of our talent is in these younger classes. Not to say we don't have older guys that can play, but across the board, what, 11, 12 freshmen playing, you're not going to win a lot of games playing those guys, but that could be a sign you're going to be pretty darn good uh, before long. But uh, talent-wise right now, Texas is as good as I've seen them in a long, long time. Yeah, it's hard to survive these days. You know, like uh, uh, the pandemic was one thing, but if you lose, like right now the Bears have lost seven out of eight, a big streak, a losing streak against FBS. It's it's hard, Ricky, to uh, in this day and age to stick with people. I mean, I, I really hope they do stay with Aranda, but you can kind of sense the fan base kind of like, you know, extremely disgruntled, and, and nobody wants to wait to see these guys grow up. I agree with you, Caden and some of these guys, DJ, uh, Kyler. I, I, I'm loving some of these young players but but Ricky I mean it just doesn't it's not like the old days where okay let's give Grant a few years to get this thing going and then oh man it's popped it's popped in that third year like it did uh back in the day they let coach Landry do that right with the Cowboys it just doesn't nobody handles the business like that anymore so it's just hard to tell a fan base or anybody to be patient when things well, feel like they're not going in the right direction. I agree. I've, I've, I lack greatly in patience <laughs> in every area, including this one. And, uh, yeah. You can ask my wife. I have no patience. But, uh, and it's, I hate to lose. I mean, this is tough going on a losing streak like we've been on end of last year and early this year. And I think what we go back to, and not being ugly, but the still area, God, that was terrible. And uh, game's over at halftime. And then we get into the area with Browse where we're winning again. We're winning conference championships. Everybody mm-hmm. feels what that's like. And then all of a sudden, year two, Aranda pops in 12-2, and two, best record ever, wins the league, wins the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get used to that. Man, I got used to it. It was sure easier to be in a ball game trying to do sideline radio in the fourth quarter when you're winning league championships than it is when you're struggling to just win a game. A big difference. And I don't blame the fans for being impatient. Uh, I'm impatient. I don't like it. Uh, We've just got to put some trust in the fact that management AD Macroads are going to figure out how to do it right, whether it's with Coach Aranda, with someone else. But I, I think right now uh, Mac's going to display some patience with Coach Aranda mm. and go forward. I think maybe where we missed it were the couple years coming out of those championships. Maybe didn't we didn't recruit quite as well as we could have. Uh, Coach Aranda has admitted that he probably missed it on the portal the first year, that you could really access that and do some good with it, uh, whereas this year we took 12, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I just think those methods are changing, and maybe we had a couple of years in there where we flinched a little bit and didn't get that level yeah. of player we got, we've got we gotten the last couple of years. And 
you miss a couple of classes, and that's tough to recover. Yeah, and you know what? Oklahoma State's kind of in the same boat. I, I don't know that Mike Gundy wanted to participate in some of this transfer slash NIL. And, I mean, those are two best teams in the conference just two years ago. Uh, Baylor beats Oklahoma State to win it. And, Ricky, they're in a bad way right now. And, again, you got a lot of conference left to play, but I, I don't – both of our programs are in a tough – in a tough spot right now. Uh, you, what you hope is that perhaps the return of Blake Shapen allows Baylor just to function better on offense. I mean, that's got to, another thing that's got to annoy you down there calling to see is to see them in the red zone and to kind of know what they've been able to do in the past, know what they kind of want to do. It's not that Grimes has forgotten how to call plays down there. They just, they just don't, they don't really seem to have anything to go to. And that is kind of maddening to get down there time and time again and not be able to produce. Uh, I guess the return of Shapen does offer some hope in that area. Well, two out of six, two out of seven uh, times in the red zone, and those two were field goals. That's not going to work. You're not going to beat anybody like that, and that's a problem. But uh, – you know, if you heard it across the board with those guys after the game, everyone that you talked to said, well, we've got Blake back next week. We've got Blake back next week. Mm. And that tells me a couple of things. Uh, number one, they've got a lot of confidence in Blake. I know we've heard and heard over and over, we won't Sawyer, we won't Sawyer. Well, Sawyer's six four two twenty and going to be a really good quarterback. But he's not experienced, and at this point, he's not Blake. And I do think that will do two things. It's going to add some ability to do some things offensively that we've not been able to do. Clearly, with no question, it's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm hopeful that it also adds a little swagger in these other guys when they know number 12's back there again slinging it, that it shouldn't affect their game. But, Matt, you and I both know it does. It affects their confidence. It affects the way they play. And I'm looking for some better things back there uh, with Blake. I hope he's good and healthy. He looked good in Mm -hmm. pregame to me. Uh, He was suited out, had his brace on. I didn't see any limp at all. Uh, I thought he looked really good. I I agree with holding him out against Texas. Uh, Blake plays maybe you're 31-20 instead of 38-6. Still a Mm -hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. So I think they did the right thing holding him out. Maybe the road game, getting away from home, uh, four games, eight games, is uh, that's a lot of home games, Ricky. I mean, it's great for all of us. You get to stay home and all of that. But every once in a while, maybe there's some bonding that takes place and getting on the road will be – a nice change. You've seen that, I'm sure. Ricky Thompson, by the way, on us as sideline analyst for the Bears. You've seen that kind of happen from time to time, and maybe getting Blake back, getting on the road perhaps, could uh, could help the team. Do you see something like that being helpful to just change up the whole scene a little bit? It, it, the mood, everything, maybe to go try a road game out. I I like playing on the road. I just thought really mm. less pressure playing on the road than at home. And you you really t- 
tune that noise out to an extent as the game goes along. And I think sometimes even the concentration is better on the road versus when you're at home. But I think after four in a row and with what we've done thus far, I, I think it's time to get on the road. And uh, I don't know that the perfect scenario would be to play a team that's playing their first ever Big 12 game on the road. I think that's bad timing for us. Uh seems that we've done that before, and I was there maybe West Virginia some years ago when mm. we opened their Big 12 career up on the road. So would prefer not to be doing that. Uh, UCF's a pretty good football team. I know they lost, what was it, 44-31 last week to K-State yeah. in Manhattan. We've won our share in Manhattan, but that's a tough place to play. So uh, I think UCF is a pretty good football team, and I think we'll have our hands full. Uh, not that we're talking lines, but I think the opening line was 11. So those guys think it's going to be a UCF win. But I don't think any of us have seen our team play to its capability yet. I think we'd all agree with that. They were better yeah. than what we've shown. and. Uh, this week would be a really good time to uh, put that together on both sides of the ball and play and get the outside guys involved in the game with shape and get the ball to them, get them downfield, make some of those throws that maybe Sawyer struggled with a little bit with coming out of the pocket a little bit too quickly. Uh, and if you get a couple of those early in the game, then things start to roll. And when you start scoring, isn't it funny how your defense starts to play better when you're scoring? But that's just the way mm -hmm. it works. It adds confidence to them, too. So I, I'm hopeful that we'll see maybe a little different Baylor team here in this week. Uh, then you come back and play Tech. Uh, win those two, you're three and three, and then all bets are off. You're You're in a completely different place for those last six games if you come back three and three. Ricky, when's the last time you went to uh... – Disney World. Well, you know what? We took our granddaughter there two years ago. So mm. I guess two years in December. Okay. You got your I don't hopper think pass. I'll be going to Disney World this, this <laughs> coming weekend. So. <laughs> well, we're going to fly in Friday and yeah. go to the stadium, get things set up, and okay. have dinner, and then be ready to go for a 2.30 kickoff on Saturday. I, I could see you and John and J.J. headed out to Epcot. Just take in some of those those international scene. I'd like to see y'all just kind of run over there, maybe get a meal, and then uh, and then be ready to go after that. Okay, I like I like. Uh, we we <laughs> might even wear some Mickey ears. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I want pictures. If that happens, yeah, you know, I was I was thinking I was thinking about y'all with with uh, Grant Baylor was ten and eleven versus the Horns, and that was amazing. By the way, based on what had happened in all those decades before that, that that he basically went 500 against Texas. I don't think people realize like how big that was. And then, like you say, Art and others kind of started beating up on him a little bit. But that that was a looking back. That's one of the most incredible things of the Taft era that that they basically played Texas straight up. Uh, 500 ball over those 21 seasons. Uh, I think that uh, that's one of the more remar remarkable things that took place under Grant. Well, to when you consider that it was 17 years consecutive 
that Texas had beaten Baylor until we won in 74. And then to, to know that he finished 10 and 11, that's, that's quite remarkable when you think that was coming out of an 0 and 17 stretch to win 10 of the next 21. And there were some big games in there that involved championships. So absolutely. That, that was pretty remarkable that coach Taft had that top record against Texas and, it was a it was a heck of a series during that time with some championships involved and some big wins both here in Waco and a pretty lopsided one down in Austin. I remember pretty well as well. Yeah, eight eighty nine was at fifty to seven. That ended up that road losing streak. That was pretty awesome. I bet y'all got close to ending that thing. I'd have to think about that. Some of y'all's teams. Uh, but uh, I was trying to envision when they were down 28-6 and think about what y'all's was in 74, uh, which you were down 24-7, to I think it was, right, before That's before you came That's storming correct. back. 24-7. But uh, I, I can't say that I actually had, like, positive thoughts, like, hey, maybe they'll do this. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Ricky, you're a little more optimistic than I am. I did not, after that first half, I did not quite have that thought, like, here they come. Uh, they're going to roll out of here. But, uh, Ricky, I hope you all have a uh, safe and fun trip and uh, might as well go get a win uh, while we're out there. But uh, always love running into you and, and, and love having you on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Matt. Glad to be on. You bet. The fleet-footed Ricky Thompson played in the NFL, played at Baylor, and you still see him in some of those uh, – He's got great running shoes, usually kind of colorful, sometimes Baylor-type colors. And uh, the man still can get up and down that sideline very quickly. Played in the mid-70s for Baylor, but still very quick on his feet. Uh, Ricky Thompson joining us, Baylor sideline analyst for the uh, radio network.